In the rapidly changing world, healthcare needs are constantly evolving and clinicians need to find new ways to deliver care. And often the best way to do that is by looking back. Without Marie Curie, there would be no pioneering improvements to medical imaging today. If Edward Jenner didn't inoculate a 13-year-old with cowpox, there wouldn't even be a space for Professor Ian Fraser's cervical cancer vaccine. Our clinicians are standing on the shoulders of those who came before them, learning, growing and advancing. Hindsight isn't 2020. It's our future. As budgets tighten and the burden on the health system increases, local services need to be creative in finding new ways to deliver care. But what's the key to success in this rapidly changing environment? Improving services to meet the specific needs of their local community. What can often be lost in the excitement of childbirth is that if it is a caesarean birth, in addition to bringing the child into the world, is the fact the mother has undergone a major operation. Kim Warhurst from Marta Brisbane joined us to share how the team have implemented a program to enhance recovery for mothers, which is not only improving their care journey, but also improving hospital flow. Enhanced recovery after surgery is a multimodal approach to try and optimise people's care before, during and after surgery with the aims to improve their recovery, make it faster and back to normal functioning as quickly as possible and with the corollary of also trying to get them out of hospital a little bit sooner. And there's been a lot going on in the literature for some years now and it's becoming standard practice for operations in a number of different disciplines. So why do we do this? There are benefits to both the patient and the healthcare system. From a patient perspective, obviously faster return to activity and recovery, as I mentioned, and the literature suggests improved patient outcomes for people who have an enhanced recovery program. From a clinical perspective, a reduction in complications and less morbidity associated with surgery and allegedly with no increase in readmission rates. And from a hospital perspective, shorter length of stay and some financial benefit in association with that. Now, I did a little bit of Googling in the lead up to this and discovered that the caesarean section is the second most common operation performed around the world, the most common being cataract surgery, which my understanding, not an ophthalmologist, is that's usually done as an outpatient. And therefore, a caesarean probably has a pretty significant burden on the health system quite broadly. In addition to that, MARTA is the biggest maternity health provider in the state, probably the country, and we do a lot of caesareans. So we felt that we had a really good opportunity here to make a fairly big difference in our cohort of patients. People having a caesarean section or women having a caesarean section are usually young, relatively well, and often are quite keen to get home. And so whatever we could do to try and help with that would be a good thing. So we started this journey back in 2017 and at that point in time there was a lot in the literature about the benefits of enhanced recovery broadly but um, after a fairly detailed literature review there wasn't really a recipe of how to develop an enhanced recovery program, what specific ingredients you needed to do, what method there was and how long you had to bake it in the oven to get a really good program at the end. Excuse the recipe analogy but it's the best thing that I could come up with. 
After a good look, we did come up with, come across a, a consensus list of components from the UK, which we thought would be a really good base to develop our program from. And so, like all good improvement projects, we started with an audit, looking at what we were doing relative to those components. Now, from that, we found that there were a series of things that we were going to need to do quite a bit of work on. So things like a bladder care plan, early mobilisation, an early discharge package and post-discharge support. We had these, but not really suitable for this type of program. We had a few things that we were going to need to tweak a bit, so some information about patient education, analgesia, IV discontinuation and things like that. A lot of the other components we were either already doing reasonably well or we thought weren't going to make a significant difference to our ability to get an enhanced recovery program up and running. After that, we convened a working party and engaged some stakeholders like you do, and we had fairly broad representation. So from a midwifery perspective, we had our antenatal, perioperative, birthing, postpartum and home care midwifery teams all heavily involved. We had extensive input from our obstetric team, not just myself, but a few of the others as well, as a couple of our anaesthetists were very engaged with this. We had really good representation from physio and pharmacy and some of our other allied health colleagues, some administrative assistance as well. We had a consumer rep and a couple of other people who I'm sure I will have forgotten and apologies in that regard. What did we do? So I guess, you know, I kind of thought it might be a bit of that. It was a lot of that, quite a bit of that, and a hell of a lot of that. And um, I think that that last one, I guess there's a couple of puns with that, I suppose. One is that we were pushing the proverbial uphill for some time, and it also took us a while to get the ball rolling. But I think probably the most important thing in that picture is that it was a real group effort, a coordinated approach with a number of people from a number of disciplines who were all believing in this and felt that it was something that we needed to get going. So what do we actually do? We mapped the patient journey from the time a decision was made to do a cesarean section through to the time that this woman was going to be discharged from hospital to look at the areas in that journey where there were inefficiencies or time was lost so that we could try and optimise things for them. We restructured our antenatal and postnatal education so that we could deliver it in alternative ways, either deliver it antenatally or deliver it in a virtual or other fashion. We optimised ward processes and flow. I was astounded how long our catheters were staying in for and how long it was taking people to get up and be out of bed to mobilise after their seizure, so we spent quite a bit of time trying to work on those factors. We streamlined our pharmacy dispensing processes because women were ready to go home but waiting for hours for the analgesia to come up from the pharmacy. So we worked on processes around that. We developed inclusion criteria for women who would be uh, suitable or eligible for an early discharge package. We went through lots of documentation, which I'll summarise in a minute. We modified our home care program. So the women who go home early receive a different package of care at home compared to those who stay in for a longer period of time. And we're trying to replicate the care they would be getting in hospital in their home environment. We spent a lot of time educating the staff about the why and about enhanced recovery principles in general. So coming back to the documentation that I mentioned, so we developed some information brochures for our patients. We developed a specific enhanced recovery caesarean care path. We readjusted our caesarean booking forms so that we could incorporate the various factors for that. We developed a Your Daily Guide for women having an enhanced recovery caesarean so they had an idea of what sort of milestones they were expected to achieve each day, what sort of information they should be expecting to receive each day and what to do if they had concerns and that was a, that's a two-page document, that one. 
So looking at our outcomes, the program started back in about March 2018. So we're looking at about 21 months worth of outcome data here. So we have had in that time, 19% of our public elective cesarean patients go through the Enhanced Recovery Program and we have 6,200 so 6, um, public births a year. 32%, and sorry, coming back to that 19%, when we'd done our initial audit, we thought probably around about 30% of women would be eligible for this type of program. And obviously some people aren't particularly keen, but we also don't always offer it because it's a, um, you know, a new process people forget um, or they don't truly believe in it. So that's taken a little while to get you know, really good ground with that, particularly in the first few months, but I think we're picking up a lot more of them now. Of those people who were recruited to the program, 32% were discharged within 32 hours. So our average length of stay for people in the Enhanced Recovery Program was 27.5 hours or 1.14 days, whereas the length of stay for our public CESA cohort overall is 60.7 or 2.53 days. So it's a pretty significant difference. Now, Obviously, this needs to be balanced in the context of safety, and we've been very mindful of that the whole way along. Uh, we don't have large numbers to present here because this is the readmission rate from the people who did go home early. It's sitting at around about 6.5%. The breakdown of those grand total of six cases, two were wound infections, one was a trial avoid, and the other three were sort of non-specific. One was shortness of breath with a query of a PE, which wasn't. Another was nausea and vomiting, generally unwell. And the, the final one was abdominal pain, which just sort of resolved. Looking at the people who didn't go home the next day after their Caesar, we've been doing a bit of an analysis of that too, because we want to be conscious of safety. Most of the people who aren't going home the next day, it's because of concerns about mum or baby wellbeing, or they've decided they prefer not to go home. There are a proportion for organisational factors, or they come in and have an emergency caesarean, or they have a failed Caesar and they come in and have a vaginal birth, heaven forbid. A few, <laughs> a few have moved out of catchment, and sometimes we couldn't get a clear reason. So patient experience data has actually been really good. So on a five-point scale of very poor to very good, all of them rated it at least good, and two-thirds actually rated the care in the program as very good. In terms of likelihood to recommend the program to family or friends, more than 93% of respondents said it was an at least 8 out of 10, and almost half said it was 10 out of 10. So we think that constitutes a pretty good thumbs up. We've learnt some lessons from an organisational perspective. There were lots of barriers at the outset and certainly from a staff perspective, it was really important to frame this the right way. Many people perceived this as a cost-cutting measure or trying to kick people out. They thought it was unsafe, it was unfair and a lot of things like that. So we spent a lot of time framing this as a QI activity, uh, implementing evidence-based principles to optimise people's recovery and trying to normalise the experience after a seizure, similar to after a vaginal birth. And I wish that I'd built these changes into our routinely collected data set at the outset, but that's one lesson that I've learned. So from a patient perspective, some women are really concerned or hesitant to go home early for a number of reasons. And oftentimes we've found if we can talk through the benefits of enhanced recovery, explain what the good things are to reassure them that we're not going to send them home unless they think they, that the patient and the baby are well and that home care support is available, that will often overcome those challenges. So now what? We started this journey about three years ago and certainly the, the talk around enhanced recovery and enhanced recovery in the maternity space hasn't lessened. In fact, about 12 months ago, there was a three-part series from the Enhanced Recovery After Surgery Society um, with a three-part series for Caesars. And late last year, the um, ANSJOG had a systematic review about it as well. So we're in the process of revising our program to try and expand it more broadly. 
And that's it. Thank you. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.